Hey friends, welcome to another episode of This Sovereign Life, where we aim to inspire you to escape the mediocrity that we've been conditioned to see as success in our societies around the world, and instead pursue a life of meaning, purpose, joy, and peace while on this planet. Today I want to talk about the subject of privilege because I hear a lot of discussion around the topic of privilege, specifically like white privilege you know, male privilege, all these different privileges. And a lot of times what I see in these conversations is two extreme views. And as you guys might know, if you listen to this podcast regularly, I believe that um, the truth is usually lost somewhere in between the extreme opposing views in these subjects, right? And so I want to address this because I believe that if we had an accurate understanding of privilege, Not only would it be more empowering to all of us, uh, many of us would stop being the victim of not having privilege, right? Now, I speak on this topic as a white woman, and um, like I said, a lot of times privilege is around the discussion of race, and I'm not here to deny white privilege because white privilege is, uh, it has become a thing. What I'm here to talk about is what is beneath white privilege or all these privileges that we see as toxic and how can we um, maybe stop focusing on, you know, a presence or lack of privilege, seeing that that doesn't seem to do us much good anyway, and start creating our own privilege. Um, And that may sound funny because, you know, by definition, privilege is kind of a special, let's see, what is it by actual definition on the Google dictionary, a special right advantage or immunity granted or available only to a particular person or group, right? And so I guess by definition in the English language, privilege would cease to be privilege if we all had it. But personally, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, Maybe by each of us giving ourselves more privilege, we would lose this topic altogether because we would neutralize these privileges that have become generational ways of oppressing some and elevating others unfairly. Um, My perspective on this topic is that the uh, the truth beneath privilege is not actually doesn't have anything to do with someone's gender or race or social status as much as it does with the belief system behind it, right? And the reason I say this and I think it's substantiated is because I have seen many people from different ethnicities, uh, different gender roles, different, um, even different uh, statuses, social socioeconomic statuses, but also I've seen people from the same socioeconomic status, the same uh, ethnic groups, the same genders become very different people, right? So um, what I have learned in my studies, not only of just people in general, of humans, because I love to study humans and I have been for a long time, but I've also been studying the subconscious mind and how our belief system actually is the thing that controls our perception of the world, our perspective, not only of the world outside of us, but of ourselves and what we're worthy of, right? And so what I see, 
especially in privileged groups, is that I see versus groups that are less privileged, right? Um, When it comes to things like white privilege, I believe that there has been a generational belief system that has been passed down over generations. And it wasn't just innate, right? It wasn't innate for people to say, hey, I'm white, I deserve more. Um, You're black, you deserve less, that type of thing, right? That was not just innate to humans, even according to history. But throughout history, um, different people in positions of power, because power is something that I believe is a, uh, or being power hungry, I think is a, uh, a catabolic way of being. It's a negative energy, right? To be, just want power for the sake of power. Um, that's probably comes from a place of more greed and evil than good and benevolence. And so throughout history, there have been people always that have been power hungry and the ethnicities of those people have shifted um, based on a chain of events, historical happenings, etc. And one of those events um, in the U.S., uh, there are some accounts in history of back when, and I can't remember if it was before or after it was under British rule, but believe it or not, this country was not just established on generosity and freedom for all. <laughs> it was still established on freedom for some, right? And acknowledging that fact is not a big deal. It doesn't mean we can't have all freedom and it doesn't mean that that premise cannot um, be empowering for everyone. But here's the thing. Back in the early days, there were accounts of, what, there was a, the rich white upper class that were very few. It was a small percentage of the population, right? And they came here with the same agenda they had anywhere else, and that was to get power and land and resources for themselves and their families. Back in that time, wealth was almost purely generational. It was based on how much land and agriculture and resources you owned, right? It's still kind of that way, but things have shifted. And so back then, uh, there were, you know, there were the rich whites and there were the poor whites and there were the slaves and there were the Native Americans, indigenous peoples that lived here in this country. And this upper class, uh, whether they were all white or not, whatever you want to call them, we have the same upper class or upper echelon, let's put it that way, of people today that basically will stop at nothing um, to feed their greed for land, money, and resources, right? What was the same back then? And this upper echelon wanted to not only take the land from the indigenous people, take the resources, but they also wanted slaves to do the labor for them. And they also wanted poor whites to work for them as well, to be underneath them, to be less resourced. And therefore, back then, the poor whites were kind of in the same boat as the slaves and the Native Americans who were being um, slaughtered and mistreated is not even enough of a word for it, but who were being genocided, who were being stolen from, who were being exploited. Um, Back then, a lot of poor white people were in the same boat. And so the poor whites is how they were called, what they were called then. um, They 
started to gravitate towards the slaves and the Native Americans that they could relate to more. And that's when they started to, they all started to gain more velocity and power in their rebellions, right? Uh, Because there were many more of them than there were of this small group of wealthy, top, white, echelon people. Um, and so this, this upper echelon started to see that if that since these people, this group of people that, um, was comprised of not only slaves and native Americans, but also poor whites, if they grew in size, they would definitely outnumber and have the potential to overpower this small group of white people, right? They didn't have enough military resources to necessarily control all of the people that they were trying to oppress, right? And so I'm not going to go into a super lengthy history lesson here. If you want to learn more on this topic, there's a really good book. It's called The People's, or rather A People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn. You can read a lot more on this particular story and topic that I'm telling you about in that book, and I highly recommend it. But the reason I tell that story is to illustrate how Oh, and I do need to finish the story in order to illustrate it. So um, instead of trying to just overpower them with military and uh, violence, because they did that a lot and they were starting to realize that they may not be able to continue to do that for much longer with all of these groups banding together to create rebellions and armies, they decided to get into their minds. And what they did at that point was they then created white privilege for everyone, right? That is when they started to really point out differences and to uh, accentuate differences in ethnicity and race to get privileges. And they knew, so what they would do is they would, if you were a white man or, you know, you could have uh, a privilege that a slave or a Native American man could not have. You could own land or you could have this and that, right? And so by doing that, it was a subtle way of superiorating, I don't think that's a real word, but making white people superior. And it got into the subconscious belief system of these people. And once you make someone superior to someone else, they're no longer going to identify with them, right? They're no longer going to be part of that band or that rebellion against the people the upper echelon, right? And so they knew that. It was clever. It was a clever psychological trick and it worked. And what it did was it instilled this belief system of white privilege and it it instilled this identity of white privilege. And it also, it not only instilled that in the people themselves, but in everyone around them, right? In in the police, in the military, the people that were um, doing business. Uh, you know, when when you give certain people privileges and other people don't get privileges, then everyone, it affects everyone around. It has a ripple effect. And soon businesses are only allowing white people in or, you know, and I'm oversimplifying this, right? But the truth is, as you might be able to see, beneath all of this was the psychology. It was the belief system that really led to white privilege and white superiority. And you can, the the reason I'm pointing this out and bringing this up is that belief systems can shift, right? 
there we're seeing belief systems shift right now. And it's making a lot of people scared. A lot of people that were used to having white superiority or white privilege, seeing these belief systems shift, they're getting scared because they see that, oh, you know, now white people are potentially going to be the target rather than the people that always were the targets, right? White people are going to be the um, the oppressed possibly. And I don't truly think that that's going to happen. I don't think it needs to happen. But that's why I, I want to have this part of the conversation. Because we don't have to be subject to these privileges that are so basic and superficial and terrible these these privileges that look just like oh hey you're white you get more and the truth is if you are white and you grew up and you never ever once in your mind had to think hey um i'm possibly going to get shot just for this color of my skin you're not going to have that belief system when you get older you're going to speak to the police differently you're going to react differently when they're talking to you or when they're coming towards your car or when they're walking toward you on the street, right? And this is this is a true fundamental elements of privilege that are often argued over where some can see it, some can't, right? But what I'm trying to point out is that beneath it all is just the belief system, right? And not only has the belief system of white privilege been instilled in white people, in in business, in law enforcement, in all of these different areas, but it's also been instilled in oppressed groups in a way that is very sneaky, right? Because really what this belief system comes down to is worth. I'll say that again. What the fundamental part of this belief system is related to is people's self-worth. And when you are raised, and again, I have seen I have seen people raised with money end up with low self-worth. I have seeing people, but uh, still a belief system that they deserve money, right? I've seen people end up with guilt because they're raised with money. I've been, I've seen people end up with all of these different, um, and different ethnicities, all these different disempowering or empowering belief systems. And they don't come from the physical or material aspects of this, right? Most people don't just look in the mirror and think, oh, I'm white, I'm privileged, or hey, I'm rich, I get to have more. It's the belief system underneath that that is truly teaching us, right? And the truth is, like, this all comes from when we're little children. So when you grow up and you have privilege, you're probably not going to see it as privilege. And when you grow up and you don't have privilege, somebody's probably going to point out to you that you don't have privilege. To us as kids, this is just normalcy. It's it's life because we don't know any different. It's not until we get older that we start arguing over the semantics and pointing them out and seeing them, right? And it's also not until we get older, usually, that we have the potential to change our privilege. Because as kids, you really are subject to your circumstances, sadly. And that's why I am so passionate about the way we raise kids. I'm so passionate about adults taking responsibility for empowering children 
and raising them with belief systems that empower them for the rest of their lives. Because that's when it all happens. In those first five years of your life, that's when you probably got most of your empowering or disempowering belief system. And when it's that far back, it's a lot harder to unravel when it's literally just in your subconscious mind and you don't have conscious memories of how you were empowered or disempowered. It is so much harder to unravel and rewire yourself for an empowering belief system, right? So um, for the sake of it, this far into the podcast, we're going to call this belief privilege, right? And I'm going to start referring to it as belief privilege because the thing about belief privilege is that even though some people are given it through their upbringing, their parents, their generational wealth, whatever it is, uh, we can also do this for ourselves, right? That is the cool thing. It is available to us at any time in our lives to change our belief system and give ourselves more belief privilege. Now, if you were disempowered as a child, it's going to be a lot harder for you probably to rewire yourself for the belief system that makes you see yourself as worthy of what you desire of worthy as worthy of anything that anyone else has somebody that you might see as superior because they were given that belief system from a young age and therefore they live out that lifestyle but at any time you do have the power and the ability to decide to let go of the disempowering belief system, the belief system that gives you a lack of privilege, and instead embrace a belief system that will give you privilege. And when I say privilege, I'm not talking about white privilege or any of these privileges that put somebody else at a disadvantage. I'm just talking about the kind of privilege that puts you in the same position as someone that you might see as more privileged than you and that might actually be more privileged privilege than you right now. And the the reason I speak about this a lot is because I actually come from a place of I was raised in a poor family, one of eight siblings. We were very poor and religious in we we were in or we were part of a religion that believed that women were less that women were supposed to just be housewives. There's nothing wrong with being a housewife and a mother, but um, women were put in that role as kind of a more submissive, inferior role that was supposed to be limited to these certain, um, the certain role, I guess, gender role, right? So we also grew up adjacent to wealthy family. So our uncles and aunts and grandparents and cousins were much more um, socioeconomically well positioned than us. They had more money, more things, all of that stuff. And I, so I grew up with this kind of contrast between us and the relatives. Um, I grew up with the this these ideas about women. I grew up with a lot of disempowering, limiting beliefs around money. Um, and my parents weren't doing that consciously, right? They they were doing everything that they thought that they should do to raise their children in a way that was right and empowering for us. And in a lot of ways, they did that. It's just not the topic of this um, this particular podcast episode, right? But so I have, as an adult, I have come face to face with the belief systems that keep me 
stuck, that keep me feeling like less, that keep me feeling like I don't have as much opportunity or as many privileges as many other people, right? And um, I understand how I have white privilege where others don't, but there's a lot of other places that I don't have privilege where others do, right? So to me, privilege is, you know, it's, I mean, some of them are more damaging than others, but also to varying degrees, probably why a lot of white people don't feel like they have white privilege is because there's a lot of ways in which they don't have other privileges, right? And they maybe they've seen somebody from a different ethnic group have more money than them or more friends or, you know, a better job. And so we're just kind of equating it across the board. That's why I want to bring the attention to the fact that this is all belief privilege underneath it all, right? And the thing about focusing on the belief privilege is that if we focus on the belief privilege, for one, we stop arguing (laughs) so much and we start to see what power is still available to us to shift these privileges, to shift the, uh, the divide between oppressed and the oppressor and to take back power regardless of who you are and what you were born into, right? And like I said, if you were born into a disadvantage, it is going to be harder for you to even change your belief system. You have more to work through. You have more to rewire. It's You have more to become aware of. So it doesn't mean it's easy. It's, you know, you're still at a disadvantage with your privilege because your belief privilege uh, might be much more disempowering than someone else's. But if you focus on the belief privilege rather on than on the material or physical or superficial ways that belief privilege manifests, then you absolutely can do something about where you're at versus where you want to be. You absolutely can do something to close the gap between you and somebody that you see is more privileged to you or more privileged than you. Because when you see that it's belief privilege, everyone has the power over beliefs, right? We have the power over our own beliefs. And oftentimes we have the power over other people's beliefs. But when you really take your sovereignty over your belief system and you decide what do you want, what privileges do you want to see in your life? What changes do you want to see? What do you want that maybe you only believe is available to somebody else right now because of their skin color or their their upbringing, their you know their status, their socioeconomic status, that type of thing? What do you want and what belief underneath is keeping you from having that? Don't worry about what belief is letting them have it. Ultimately, it all comes down to the belief of what we're worthy of. That is the truth, right? And that can be complex to unravel what made you feel unworthy and what made somebody else feel worthy of certain things. But when you just focus on changing your worth in your own eyes, you will see everything in your life change. When you start to see your own innate worthiness and you stop buying into the narratives that were instilled in you that are telling you all the ways you're not worthy, you will see your life change. You will see that gap close. 
you will see privileges that you've never seen in your life because the very at the very bottom of all of it is do we believe that we're worthy and again this topic can get complex i know many people especially of religious backgrounds they don't like to hear the the phrasing that you are worthy because many people see that as in opposition to god's worthiness or God making us worthy, right? But the truth is that God sees you as worthy and God went to great lengths to make you worthy. So don't keep undermining that. Religious or not, most of us are always looking externally for validation of our worthiness. We're always looking to outside sources. We're always putting our worthiness in what other people think of us, in what we do for work, in how good of a mom we are, or how badass we are, whatever it is, right? How, how much we don't care. Whatever it is that you are identifying your worth with, it's probably external. It's probably superficial. And that is why you struggle. That is why we struggle with self-worth or the realization of our worthy, our intrinsic worthiness in God's eyes, because we are looking for outside validation around us instead of feeling and understanding internally our intrinsic worthiness that doesn't need validated. Because it is there, we are worthy because we are, because we are a creation of God made worthy through God's redemption and that is it. And when you can unravel all of these belief systems that have made you feel unworthy, that have told you that you should look for outside validation, that have told you that you're not worthy unless this, this, and that, when you can unravel that and you can replace it with the understanding, a true core feeling and understanding of your intrinsic worth in God's eyes, that is the greatest privilege of all. And when you take that privilege for yourself and you own it, you will start to see that kind of privilege manifest in your life in the areas that you could only dream of. You will start to see good things come into your life and you will no longer be looking at someone else with a feeling that they have more than you or more privilege than you. Instead, you will start to see that kind of superficial privilege as less, you will start to understand that it means nothing in comparison to the worthiness that you are to have anything and everything that your heart desires and to have the kind of abundance and wealth that God offers us, that God alone offers us. So I'll leave you with this verse today. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow with it. That's it for today, my friends. If my podcast is resonating with you, I would love for you to rate and review it in whatever app you listen to it on. Also, um, if you're loving what you're hearing and you want to go deeper into some of the topics I talk about, uh, subconscious beliefs, passive income, all these things, be sure to sign up for my email list. I will link it in the description box and I will see you all in the next one.